Hey there, welcome to Be With The Word. I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and this is the podcast or show where I relate the Sunday readings to um, some element of psychological truth or understanding. Um, today, I kind of have a special issue, uh, and that is sexual healing. And um, I taped this recording for uh, Catholic Journeyman, so I'm sharing with you the lecture part. Uh, the discussion is only on the actual Catholic Journeyman um, uh, app and community, which you can find if you're interested in CatholicJourneyman.com. Uh, we're an online community of Catholic men supporting each other in our faith and our and in human formation. Um, but the readings uh, for, for this week and last week and in the next couple of weeks focus on topics such as connection, belonging, uh, they focus on sin and um, what it means. Um, you know, Jesus says we have to basically cut off an appendage if we sin. It would be better than than uh, than continuing in sin, or it's worse to um, uh, to hurt a little one. It would be better to be thrown into the sea. So we're really called here to holiness, and we're called ultimately to look at ourselves and to figure out. Um, you know what it means to heal and so in this uh, particular show uh, I give a little um, an interesting description of sexuality um, our fantasies uh, and how our fantasies reveal our deeper attachment wounds and I do an exercise to really help us connect with healing and connect with um, becoming if we're married to become uh, a spouse who is more a gift of self uh, to the other and or if we're not married even how what it means to be a gift of self to others in general and so I hope you'll enjoy this uh, this particular lecture and talk and uh, feel free to comment I hope you will like and share and subscribe uh, to souls and hearts and to be with the word and uh, join us on catholicjourneyman.com take good care Hey there, welcome to uh, Catholic Journeyman and our webinar today on the topic of healing broken sexuality. I'm going to uh, do a little talk today, um, you know, for maybe about 20 minutes or so, and then, um, you know, then we'll break up uh, for Q&A afterward. Um, if you're not a member of Catholic Journeyman and you're hearing this, Feel free to join us at Catholic Journeyman so that you can get involved and engaged in the actual discussion. All right. Um, so I'm going to bring together as best as I can um, different elements of um, my clinical work. Uh, I've done a lot of work with sexual addiction. I've done a lot of work with uh, sexual abuse recovery. I've done a lot of work with trauma recovery and healing as a clinician. I'm also going to bring in aspects of um, uh, Catholic theology and Catholic belief uh, into this and the theoretical underpinnings um, that are primarily informing me are, is attachment theory. Uh, but I also bring in a few other elements uh, that I'll mention as we go. So this whole issue of sexuality is an interesting one, I think. Um, and 
<clears throat> our church teaches us that uh, our sexuality um, has two components, uh, procreative and unitive. We get that clearly spelled out in Humanae Vitae. Um, and I think that's interesting and actually powerful. The idea of procreative obviously is about new life and literally bringing new life into the world. I tend to expand that also to include a sense of giving life in multiple ways and in the sexual union and married union, um, there's a sense in which you can give life to the couple as well. Uh, but the primary meaning there is, is about uh, bringing new life into the world. And then unitive, I think is really interesting and possibly under uh, explored potentially, I think, at least in Catholic circles that I'm aware of, and that is the fostering of connection and the joining together of, of husband and wife. And obviously, uh, St. John Paul II and his addresses that have come together uh, for us as theology of the body does actually try to get at both the philosophical uh, underpinnings of um, both the unitive and the procreative section, and it does it by actually trying to look at the human person. Um, he comes at it from a phenomenological point of view, so he is trying to look at the experience of, of man and woman and work from there rather than simply the way that theology is typically done, whereas it's coming on high, you know, understanding, trying to understand from God's perspective and bringing that down to man, so to speak. So I think it's helpful to have both, um, but it's certainly, um, I think, important uh, for us as men, uh, and, and anyone listening might be married, might be single, might even be uh, living out a religious vocation. Um, I do think we need to understand it from that phenomen phenomenological perspective, from the perspective of what is our experience, and how does that align with um, with what we, where we're being told or we're, we're taught um, as revelation. So I think I'm gonna look at it from this perspective, and that is our sexual desires um, are formed and come out of our sexual, or sorry, our, our attachments, our human attachments and our human connections. And of course, we're in a fallen world, so we're going to have, like everything, distorted sexual attachments because we have distorted human attachments. And the first thing I want to do is say that our fantasy life, and that might involve just things we imagine in our heads, that might involve types of pornography people look at, um, things they play out, um, those fantasies reflect in some way our attachment needs and so when we play out some kind of sexual fantasy it actually reveals something about our deeper real needs so i want to start by saying we need to have a lot of patience for a lot of reasons patience and compassion for ourselves rather than what i think many men bring to the table which is a lot of shame you have possibly two options. One is um, give in and then feel bad. 
And often that's how men operate is they give in and then they feel bad. And then they just play that out over and over again. It's a shame cycle. And I don't think it's helpful at all. I think it's more helpful to actually look at the brokenness because having some curiosity about that unlocks the secret to healing. So I think that's a really important message and we're not looking at it, the brokenness in order to indulge in it or say it's okay. We're looking at it to understand what deep down is really going on. So it's interesting, right? Because I, I, I was talking about this, I think to the group, um, uh, the office hours last week in Catholic Journeyman, we actually got into it a little bit, which is great. So if you were there, you might remember some of this, but our attachment needs, basic attachment needs that start in infancy um, are to be um, safe, to be seen, to be known, to be valued, to be delighted in, to be encouraged, to be our best. Those are our basic needs. They're essential. And the beginning of that is usually the mother and baby bond, right? And parent-child early relationship is about the child receiving those things. And the child has to be in a receptive position in order to receive them. As the child gets older, um, you know, and starts to learn to give as well as receive. So that's usually in the context of friendships. Um, in time, that also expands into uh, perhaps uh, romantic relationships and in a Catholic context leads to marriage. Within marriage, it isn't just a baby receiving or child receiving their attachment needs. It's a reciprocal giving, give and take. It's a mutual giving. And theology of the body actually does an amazing job of actually capturing that. Um, and in theology of the body, we have this idea that we are, we offer a gift of self and that we are a reciprocal gift to each other. Right. And that expresses a truth in the human body. So there is a giving and receiving um, back and forth between um, a husband and wife. And there's um, sometimes called a, dyn uh, a, a dynamism of tension and enjoyment in the sexual act itself. And the male body parts and the female body parts have a truth that is just simply spoken in the body in their in their sexual expression that also expresses um, this bigger truth of giving of giving of self um, there's a mutual submission or surrender and 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 St. John Paul II really talks about it being about love and about the cycle of mutual giving and he relates that to Christ um, in a sort of a, a metaphor of Christ being the spouse um, to the church um, 
he connects the mutual cycle of mutual um, giving to the Trinity, right? As a constant self-giving. Okay, and that sounds very good. <laughs> um, and, and I think uh, rather ideal. And I bet a lot of us in, in our sexual brokenness feel pretty far removed from that. Um, I don't think it's as far removed as people realize because it is a bit of a thin line uh, between the truth and the distortion. And so, as I was saying before, the key to understanding the real need is to get underneath the actual um, the distortion or the brokenness, to get into the brokenness just a little in order to see what it's telling us. And then um, I'm going to look after that at how can we restore? How can we um, bring um, truth and undo the distortion? Uh, I, I do want to get to that. Um, I've been reflecting on that for a while now, but in particular this week. Um, I think I used these examples to help make the point. Um, a person who is uh, an exhibitionist, so somebody who is inappropriately showing themselves <laughs> and their um, to others, deep down wants to be seen. And to be seen is an essential attachment need. So inappropriately exposing oneself is a distortion of the need to be seen. A voyeur who like or a peeping tom or whatever you want to call it is inappropriately looking at others. Well, they are expressing inappropriately a distortion of the need to be wanted or included or um, in, in, in an attachment situation to allow another person uh, 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 to see that another person allows you in. So it's a distortion of that. A lot of um, we see in, in certainly as explained in Theology of the Body, but I think, you know, we even see um, feminists reacting to this, um, especially in the the 70s and 80s, uh, maybe maybe ongoing, although something changed within feminism. But the um, whatever you may think of the feminist movement, um, there was a truth to their um, upset or their reaction against the objectification of women. And, um, you know, we also see, I believe, pretty strongly since for a while now, but especially in a unique way, um, maybe since the 90s, maybe earlier, more and more objectification of men as well, uh, reflected in television, advertisement, this kind of thing. Um, and so our society treats sex as something that one consumes, as something that one uses for one's own personal pleasure alone. And so others are the object of my desire and I use them to get what I want and feel better. That is utilitarianism, right? That is the idea that things, and in this case, people, uh, are a means to my happiness. 
And so pornography itself, if you think about it, definitely plays into that on multiple levels because um, on one hand, you, one might pick a certain kind of pornography in order to have an attachment need met, right? Whatever the fantasy is in the pornography, whatever one's seeing reflects a distortion of the attachment needs that I mentioned. But you add that to the fact that there really isn't, it's an illusion, maybe it's an illusion of someone connecting with, with us, if we view pornography, but um, really there isn't another, an actual other. So um, we're using, if you will, that medium in order to, to have self-gratification. So at its core, pornography is essentially utilitarian activity with an illusion and attachment need being met. That's a good definition. I need to write that down. Um, so, okay. Um, what I want to think about though is what does it mean, right, in a relationship with another to turn that around? Because that's the challenge, I think, for most, for most of us. Um, we have concupiscence, St. Augustine would say, which is the inclination to sin or the inclination to distort. And we're surrounded in a world that is showing us distortions. So we've been raised on distortions. Uh, we've been raised to objectify others. We've been raised to allow ourselves to objectify and, and to consume and to think of others as property. Um, another element of that objectification is having power over another. And a lot of times some pornography, whatnot, is about a power dynamic being played out. Often people have tra traumas, early traumas. It could be a sexual abuse type situation. And that's usually easier to then make the connection between a sexual abuse experience and then playing that out in some way through pornography or sexual acting out. The, the line, the, the dotted line there is pretty easy to spot. Um, sometimes though, the, the uh, sexual expression is coming from uh, emotional or verbal abuse or neglect or some kind of power dynamic that one is reacting to from perhaps childhood and what is playing out. So what I mean by that is that a person who maybe has been made to feel powerless, right? Say as a child, maybe it's a demanding, uh, cold or um, uh, neglectful perhaps, or um, abusive in some way, let's say mother. And so the child in that case um, feels that power differential as abusive and oppressive in some way. And so then later that gets expressed through pornography, either as playing out being oppressed or um, uh, powered over by women, or the opposite, which is having extreme power over another. And so the sexual fantasy, the sexual desire, then is in some way creating a sense of safety or a sense of control for that person, meeting 
in an, not a, not not truly meeting it, but an attempt to meet whatever the distortion was in childhood or adolescence or whatnot. So we're playing something out is the point. And we use our imagination, either pornography or we use it in acting out with others in order to try to meet those needs. Okay, so what I'd like to do, so I've sort of laid that out. I know that it's a lot maybe to absorb. Um, but I, before we go to the Q&A in that, I wanna do a little something about the healing component. Uh, so we identify the problem <laughs> and we all are gonna have a different different brokenness. We're all going to have a different way in which that may be played out um, and, and nuances to it. But at the core, a lot of our attachment needs are similar. Um, so I want to take a moment and do a little self-reflection and do a little activity to see if we can't get to what our core need is and how and imagine use that same imagination for good to see and maybe allow God in a little to show us what how it could be expressed differently all right so if I'm going to do that at first I want to just start with a little prayer <laughs> so in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit dear God Thank you for this time. Uh, I pray that what I have uh, expressed and talked about is, is, is true and pleasing to you and helpful to others. I'm asking for your presence to be with, with me during this little small activity and to help reveal to us what we need to have revealed in order to grow and heal. All right, so I'd like to start, start for a moment and just invite anyone listening to pause, get a little grounded. The normal way to do that is through the breath. So taking a very deep breath from our bellies, filling our whole chest and then releasing as we release we drop our shoulders and we allow ourselves to be filled with comfort and calm, God's spirit. We breathe out any stresses and our anxieties, tension, anything we're holding on to. And so God, we ask you to fill our hearts, we breathe in and calm our senses as we breathe out. And we're going to take a moment and just identify just within ourselves. <clears throat> Some part of brokenness, especially perhaps sexual brokenness that we have experienced. That might be a fantasy, might be a kind of pornography, might be an unhealthy sexual dynamic played out with others. 
himself. We're just going to notice it for a moment. We're going to approach it with curiosity and patience rather than shame and judgment. going to ask you to help us to see if we can't notice some way in which that fantasy that image reflects a deeper need deeper need to feel safe or to be seen, to be comforted, to be valued. And if we can, reflect on where you know this this need may have been frustrated in some way in the past We're just going to invite you, God, in any way you see fit. To reveal to us where we might be able to, or how we might be able to receive, just in this moment today, exactly what we might need, what we might have needed that there's a part of us that still needs to have that need met. And as we receive that, however you choose give that to us or reveal that to us. We want to notice ourselves also now. The man that we are today. We're invited to notice how we can be a gift to others. And if we're married, it might be with our, uh, our, our spouse or wife. If we're single, it might be even in a non-sexual way with a friend or 
some loved one. We're going to notice what it's like to feel safe with someone we care about. And notice what it is like to be safe for someone else. Invite you to notice what it is like to be seen by another. what it is like to be, to see another. Invite you to notice what is it is like for the self to be known and to know another. Notice what it is like to be comforted and to comfort another. To be encouraged and to encourage another. to feel that another wants our best and for us to, to grow fully into our true self and to want that for another. And if we can notice what it is like for another to delight in us and for us to delight in another. ask you to help us to move little ways and big ways with your help into seeing ourselves as a gift to others and to help us receive the gift of another. Help us to truly surrender with another in an environment of love. Help us to reflect the Trinity as much as we can in that cycle of mutual giving. And in this way, our love, our giving, and if it's sexual love in the context of marriage, it's a sacrament which expresses God's love. 
meets all of our needs, our deepest attachment needs. And through us, our spouse also receives their attachment needs in this deep connection, in this deep bond, in this unitive love. All right. Well, we'll take a moment. Hopefully we'll, we'll thank God. Amen to God if amen feels right. And uh, I'm going to, uh, if you've been following in that, uh, that, that activity, to sort of come back into the present. If you're listening, uh, um, not on Catholic Journeyman, I'm going to stop um, this activity. I invite you to join CatholicJourneyman.com if that is helpful to you. And uh, I'm going to stop this recording and we'll continue the discussion on Catholic